Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. try that again. <laughs> Good, evening. Good evening. Thank you very much. It's a joy for us to come and fellowship with you tonight. I think Benjamin and the team did an excellent job. Um, you know, in those moments when we just sort of uh, keep quiet, um, I imagine as if, um, you know, when you're downloading something, <laughs> it, your phone just doesn't do anything, isn't it? It just, it's just... You just have to wait for the download to complete. And sometimes in those moments when we're quiet, I believe the Lord is actually depositing things in our spirits without actually us realizing it. And, and tomorrow morning we wake up and think, wow, where did I come from? Because <laughs> actually from last meeting, you know. Um, amen. So thank you very much for having us again here. And um, just want to update you. I think when we were last here, you prayed for us. Regarding our building, remember that? Yes. Uh, basically, for some of you who are not there, we, somebody has come and offered us some money for the property that we have. Uh, it's a million pounds. Uh, our, our building is valued at half a million. So we thought, like I said last time, initially we thought maybe it's not a very good deal. <laughs> but we've since realized it's actually, it's actually all right. Um, and so the property that we looked at, uh, that we're interested in, the council has just replied now and given us uh, a go-ahead for it to be used as a place of worship. So they've given us a change of use for that permission has been given to us. Uh, and in this week, we are sending in um, uh, a surveyor just to tell us with the condition of the building before we commit. And, and really, the main reason why we want the surveyor to go in is so we can beat the price down. <laughs> You know, tell, this is wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. I'm going to go back and say, come on, take it, you know, $200,000 off or something. <laughs> um, but uh, keep praying for that. Um, we're really excited about what the opportunities of the new property will do for us. Um, uh, so thank you very much for praying. Um, uh, and God is answering your prayers. Uh, I want to say again that um, we are filled with admiration for David and David Reliant. Um, I did say last time that when I grow up, I want to be like David. Um, I'm still saying that again. <laughs> uh, but seriously, uh, we, um, we look at what God is doing among you with great admiration, and it's inspiration to us. Uh, we take great uh, encouragement, and we know that if God is doing this among you, he would do something like that for us as well. Amen. Um, and, and so, so today, um, when I've been thinking, um, um, David handed me a, a leaflet last time I met him, and he said, we are doing a, a momentum, momentum conference, you call it conference? Yep. On, on a step up and step out. Yeah. Um, and I think there was a, I don't know if it was uh, Richard Jones' shoes or something. There well, were some shoes on that. 
Yeah, it looks like Richard Jones did to me. <laughs> I don't know why I think that. <laughs> uh, and and, um, and uh, it, it's, it so happened that at the time he was asking me to do this, uh, it's something that God has been speaking to me about. But it, it's not quite exactly the same phrase as step up and step out. It's not quite the same. So I'm going to try first and convince you that it's the same thing that God has been speaking to me about. Okay? And um, basically for me, I thought that um, it's a very similar idea to Isaiah 60. Do you want to turn? Let's, let's make this a legitimate Christian meeting by me reading the Bible. Um, okay, 60. 60 verse 1. Somebody got there already? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yes, yes. <laughs> so um, I have a New Living Translation, which is sort of reads slightly differently from other versions. So I'm not going to quote the New Living as I, as I uh, share this. But it says, Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Amen. Actually, the other versions are, are slightly closer to the original because they, some of the translations do uh, elaborate, and the New Living elaborates on this. The, the actual translation is, arise, shine. You with me? Arise, shine. And, and I think that's very close to step up and step out. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Yeah, I, so it, it's very close. It's, it's the same idea. When you arise, you see, it doesn't say arise and shine. Because there need to be two actions. You see, it should be you arise first, and then you try and get some light to shine. But it says arise, shine. It's as if in your rising, when you make up your mind to rise up, you shine. Amen. The inevitable consequence of your rising is shining. It's impossible for you to rise and not shine. It just doesn't happen at all. It just doesn't happen. The first thing that must happen, the real thing, the real deal that we must work at is to get everyone, to get all of us, to get each one of us to arise, to step up. Something happened to uh, the prodigal son. Remember? The Bible says he came to himself. He was absent from himself for a while. Are you okay? Just, just nod from time to time. It just, just helps you. But he was absent from himself from, for some time. That's what the Bible says. But he came back to himself. And he looked around and said, what am I doing here? This can't be all of my life. And in that moment... He arose. And of course, he had to shine. Amen. And um, this concept of arising and shining, um, again, I have to try and convince you again on this one, I suppose. I'm calling leadership. I'm calling it as leadership. And I'll try and see if I can um, convince you of this. Leadership is usually defined as a position. Is this right? Yeah. Yes? Yeah. 
as a position that you are either elected to or appointed to, um, and that's the sort of leadership that we are, we are used to. Um, the problem with that is that then only a few people can be leaders. And you have to wait for a long time before an opportunity comes up for you, for, for you to be a leader. But in the message that God has been speaking to us today, he said everybody is included. Amen. Everybody is included. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter whether you qualify to go to the seniors day <laughs> in a few weeks or not. Everybody is included in this. Amen. Everybody, I'm going to say in a minute, is actually a leader. So it's not a position. If we think of positions, um, um, Microsoft has a CEO. Is that right? That's a position. So does Apple. They also have a CEO. That's a position. But to be a leader isn't the position because you can be in a position and not have leadership. And I'm, I'm going to try and define this as we go on in a, in a minute. So, so there are many people who are managers of football teams, but not every manager is a leading football manager. There are many people who are accountants, but not every accountant is a leading accountant. Not every lawyer is a leading lawyer. Are you with me? So you, there may be in certain positions in, in employment, in, in, in a, an organization, but that doesn't give them the influence that we want to talk about tonight. Second thing, leadership, you cannot be born into leadership. I know there are certain positions that you can be born into. I know that. Do you know that? Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. So there are some, some, you know, so if you're born of royalty, you're born of royalty. But that's not the same as having leadership. For indeed, we read the scriptures and we find some kings who, were, who had the position of a king, but they were not leaders. Are you with me? They were not leaders at all. They occupied the position. They actually destroyed the nation. They didn't build the nation up at all. So it's possible to be in a position and not have leadership. It's possible to be uh, born in what's supposed to be leadership and not have leadership at all. So what is this leadership that we're talking about? Allow me to take you to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14. Are you okay? Good. I have tried to work on my northern accent to try and make it southern a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Chris doesn't believe it. Okay. Um, chapter 1, verse 14. Um, it says, Then God said, Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. God made the two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. 
He also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Amen. You with me? Now, in this it's very interesting passage, because we find God saying that uh, he's, he allowed, he, he gave the sun to rule. Yes. And he also gave the moon to rule. Yeah. Now, there was no vote. No. no. These were given to rule. And basically, the sun has been given to rule the day, to frame the day. Yeah. You with me? So that when what we call day is really defined by the presence of sun. That's day. And what we call night is the absence of the sun and the presence of the moon. Normally. There are some nights when it's not quite like that. But you get the point. And the, the, the authority of the sun to rule is not based, um, it's based on the fact that it shines. Are you okay? Yeah. It's based on the fact that it does something. It functions. It's the function of the sun that gives it the authority to govern the day. You okay? Yeah. It's the function of the sun that gives it the authority to govern the day, to shape the day. Yeah. So when the sun shines, we read life through the light of the sun. Yes? We say this is yellow really because of what the sun is doing. We say this is blue because of what the sun is doing. We say this is green because of what the sun is doing. Are you, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. So the, the sun's role is to help us to interpret life. It gives us the, the basis for interpreting life. Yeah. I mean, it does several other things that we're told that if we were one degree closer to the sun, would burn, yeah. one degree away from the sun would freeze. So it keeps a temperature for us as well. Yeah. But here, the main thing God is talking about is about the shining of the sun or the moon. And that that shining gives it the authority to govern the day, to frame the day. And to tell us when the seasons are changing, it's because of the, how the sun shines. Are you with me? So the sun's do, the dominion is based on the fact that it shines. And I want to propose to you tonight that your dominion, your authority, your impact, your influence is based on the fact that you can shine. That's why we need to get all of us to arise. <laughs> because once we arise, we will shine. shine. Okay, still? And uh, you know, when you read the, the Genesis, it's, uh, it's quite interesting. God says, he did this, and he says it was good. You know? And then he's, he did something else, and we say it was, he says it was good. And then something else was good. Everything he did, God said himself that it was good, except when he created man. And then he says, um, <laughs> no, uh, he needs some help. Um, <laughs> and all the brothers are thankful that God created. Uh, Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
But the, when God says this is good, sometimes we think of good in the same way that we use good normally. You know the way we use good normally? Like, like, a, like if you are grading a paper, it's a fail. Um, it's, a, it's sort of, I don't know what else is there. But then, and then you come to good in between, and then you go to something that's slightly better, and then you get to distinction. You with me? So good sometimes is used to define mediocrity. It's, 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 it's okay. Yeah. And sometimes when we read, we think, maybe God says, okay, that's okay. No. Actually, when God created and said, this is good, he says, this is excellent. The, the word for it is excellent. That's why when you read, especially Second Peter, he says, he called us by his glory and excellence or glory and goodness. You with me? So it's, it's excellent. I, I, I still okay. It's excellent. That means it cannot be superseded. There will be no man who will create a bird that will fly better than the one God created. <laughs> it's just not possible. No one is going to make a plant that will be better than the way God created plants. No one is going to make a fish that will be better than the one God made. Why? Because God has declared them excellent. That's the best you can make of them. Hello. That's the best. And so the sun is the best you can have. <laughs> the sun we have is the best we have. And the moon that we have is the best we can have. Can't do better than that. So the sun's authority is based on the fact that it shines and also that it's excellent in how it shines. Are you with me? It shines in an excellent way. It does the, the job the way it's supposed to do, and nobody can do better than the sun. There may be hundreds of suns out there, but only this one that we have here does the job for us. We replace it, we're in trouble. <laughs> Are you okay still? So the point of what we're saying is this. The sun's authority... And I'm only using the sun in this case, but we could go to anything else that God created. The sun's authority is based on the fact that it shines and that it's excellent in how it shines. So what it does, the function of the sun, is what gives it its authority and influence. Amen? And similarly, leadership is being is functioning in everything that God created you to function in and being excellent in that and therefore providing people with the light of how to interpret life. Can I say that again? Yeah. Leadership is being excellent in who you are called to be, doing the best you know how. Amen functioning in what God has called you to function, providing people with light so that people can see, ah, that's how life is supposed to be done. Ah, that's how you're supposed to live as a family. Ah, that's how you're supposed to raise the kids. Ah, that's how you're supposed to deal with finance. Are you with me? That's what leadership is all about. Now, I want to show you that all of us are included in this. All of us are included in this. Um, can you go to Genesis? Are you still in Genesis? Okay. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. 
it's a verse that you probably know very well. Genesis 1 verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image. And I'm not quoting the new, new living there. It says human beings, which I just don't like at all. Um, um, no, I don't li- not that I don't like human beings, but you know what I mean. <laughs> let us make man in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the livestock, all the wild animals on the uh, earth, and the uh, uh, small animals uh, that scurry along the ground. So God, just as he said to the sun, govern the day. Yes? He said to human beings, govern the earth. Same. So we are all, no, to, both, to both the male and the female, he said to both of them, govern the earth. Govern the earth. So all of us are called to leadership by what I'm calling a creation mandate. By creation, we are created, all of us, to be leaders. Yes? Second verse, let's go to Isaiah chapter 2. Um, the scripture I spend a lot of time with these days. Isaiah chapter 2. Verse 2. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the, of the house of Jacob, Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion, his word from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. The second mandate we have is a prophetic mandate. As we already heard, we are Zion. Okay, let's try that again. We are Zion. You know, we used to sing a a song a long time ago, we are marching to Zion. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful Zion. We are marching upwards to Zion, but we were actually Zion. And God's declaration is that there will be nothing higher than the church. You with me? In the last days, which is the last days we're in right now, from the time Jesus came, it's the last days, from the time the Holy Spirit was poured out, it's the last days. And from that time up to now, and even tomorrow, there's nothing as far as God's intention is that should be higher than the church. The church must provide light. The church must provide leadership. The church must provide the framework within which life must be understood. Are you with me? And the last scripture I want to show you, which says that all of us uh, uh, are called to be leaders, is Matthew 5 and verse 14. I'll just quote it to you. You are the light of the world. A city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Now, we know the sun authority came by shining. Is this true? And now Jesus says, 
the sun is there, but you are the light of the world. You are the people that are giving frame to what the world is supposed to be doing. So we have a mandate from creation. Yes? We have a mandate from the prophets. And we have a mandate from the Lord himself. All of us are called to leadership. And it's not the position. You know? Um, I used to, I, think, I, mean, I don't know if I share this story with you, but I used to lead um, a group of very gifted musicians at one time. I get into these positions where I don't understand how, but I'm like the weakest musician. I've got these amazing musicians with me. And sometimes people are frustrated. Why don't I play on Sunday? Why don't you ever let me lead worship on Sunday? I said, okay, no problem. Are you really gifted? They said, yes. Are you really gifted? Can you bring the presence of God down playing the keyboard? They said, yes. I said, okay, here's the deal. Tomorrow, I'm going to get a generator. I'm going to get speakers. And I'll bring a keyboard. We go in the park. Summer, people are, are lounging there. Let's go there. You start playing. I'm not going to disturb your playing by my bad singing. You just play and let the presence of God hit the ground. No, 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 I don't want to do that. But you see, when we confine the definition of what we're supposed to do into a position, there isn't enough space. But we are all called to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. It, it doesn't mean that all of us must necessarily preach the same thing that everybody's preaching. We are supposed to be good at what we are called to do. Be the best that you are called to be. Even if you're over 60. Amen. Even if you're over 60. This includes you. I heard a story of a, of a taxi driver, I think it was in Australia, who um, um, uh, was bored some of the times when he was waiting for clients, and he decided to start studying the dictionary. He memorized the dictionary. He just was memorizing the word. Um, but as people came into the taxi and he began to speak with them, so he would have a conversation while he was driving the people to, to where they were going, uh, they began to notice that his language... Um, he, that his language was exceptional. So they began to ask, how come you can speak this kind of English when you're driving a taxi? And he said, oh, well, you know, I just get bored, so I, I, I just memorize the dictionary. And, and as time went on, he picked up a, a guy who was a, a, an executive in one of the companies, and he said to him, he had the same conversation with him, and he said, he said, this is amazing. I would like you to come and share with me Share with us, as a team of, of uh, managers in my company, your story is very motivational. So he was invited, and when he spoke there, everybody was surprised, they clapped, and uh, before the end of the day, he has invitations in several other places to speak. Now, um, he's an international motivational speaker. What happened to him? He arose in himself. Are you with me? Are, are you really with me? Yeah. He arose in himself. He changed something about himself. He decided he was going to excel in, in something. Yes? You can excel at anything. 
anything. We were having a conversation one time, um, and, um, and uh, it wasn't a great conversation for me because um, I said some things which nobody agreed with me, you know, uh, typical maybe sometimes. But anyway, I went home and I cried to the Lord. Two weeks I was crying. I didn't tell my hunger anything about this. Lord, what is this about? What is this about? What is this about? And the Lord said to me, Ezekiel, if you would just sweep for me, if you can learn to sweep for me and sweep well, I would take you to the corners of the world to go and just talk about sweeping. Sailor. <laughs> Amen. Anything, anything, if you decide, this is what I am going to do, and I'm going to do this well. Anything. I mean, anything. As long as you excel at it, you will begin to shine. <laughs> you will begin to exude influence and exude leadership. And that's why there are some people who are not just mere lawyers. They are lawyers who set pace for everybody else. Because they are excellent in what they do. You know this. They are footballers who are excellent in what they do. Therefore, they set pace. There are some footballers that we, we forget their names. But there are some footballers whose names remain with us. You with me? Because of how well they did their job. I want to encourage you today. Um, Sometimes because we have, uh, we have, um, in in, in our circles, we have uh, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Everybody trying to squeeze into those five. Well, some of, some of them trying to squeeze in all five. <laughs> you know, I'm everything, man. I'm, every, I'm everything. When you need an apostle, I'm an apostle, you know. <laughs> I'm an evangelist, you know. Trying to squeeze into that. Well, there's more in the kingdom than the fivefold ministry. There's more. What fivefold ministry was Stephen in the Bible? He was just a great guy. He loved the Holy Spirit. He lived passionately for God. You with me? And we have a record of something he did. Anything you choose to put your hand to, anything. I mean anything. If you excel in that, you will shine. You will begin to have influence. You begin to exude leadership. And if there's something that God is asking for the church to do today is to arise and to shine, to get up and to shine. Quit fighting for, you know, opposition. I can say this because, you know, um, tomorrow I'll go away. (laughs) Dev is a pastoral ministry, so is Richard. They'll all sweep up and after I'm gone. uh, I'm only joking. (laughs) But you know, how would it be if everyone playing football wants to be the, 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 you know, the, the striker? Because the strikers are in the headline. No, this team is not going to go anywhere. And it's that everybody functions. I don't know why I keep coming back to this. I want to move to the next point. But it's that everybody functions well in what they've been given to do. You must get that. 
So I want to give three steps um, to how you can do this, how you can, how you can, um, three things you need for, for leadership to emerge. Well, it's not three things. There could be ten things, but I'm just going to share three of them. <laughs> um, you okay? Yeah. Number one is vision. Can you say vision? vision. No, say it louder than that, please. Say, say it a bit louder than that. Vision. Yeah. Vision. Vision is an image, a picture of yourself in the future. Yes? Vision is a picture of yourself in the future. What is it that you would, what is it that you are meant to be in the future? How do you look like, uh, I don't know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now? What does it look like after you have been and have gone? What is it? So that idea, that, 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 um, that concept of what you are supposed to be and do is called vision. You are not there yet, but you're going there. You with me? It's vision. And you can have vision um, uh, or a, a decision of, oh, I'm supposed to go there. Um, sometimes because of prophetic words. People come and prophesy and they say, this is what we believe about you. This is what the Lord is saying about you. Um, but the fact is, every prophetic word comes to confirm something that's already in your heart. So really, the first place to look for vision is just what is God saying to me in myself? What, is the, what, are, the, what, are, the, what are the things that I'm passionate about? What are the things that I'm angry about? You know? What are the things that excite me? What are the things that I think, no, we must stop that. We must change that. Why do people talk like that? That could be an indicator of what you're supposed to be doing. Your vision. Amen? So number one is vision. Vision is so important, it's impossible to... Uh, to live a successful life or a life of impact without vision. Um, the truth of the matter is Mahongo and I uh, didn't just get surprised when we arrived here. <laughs> okay, you didn't get that. <laughs> but we, we, we were driving, having already decided. Yes? Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we, we were driving, we left home, having decided where we were going. And nobody, nobody, well, let me not say nobody. Most people don't get into cars and just start driving. And therefore, you cannot live your life not knowing what is it that you're trying to do with your life. Where is it that you're going with this? What's the vision? The Bible says where there's no vision, people perish or cast off restraint. They do anything. Anything is appealing to them. Are you with me? Yeah. yeah. But when you have vision, vision begins to constrain you to say, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't watch that. Don't eat a donut. <laughs> if you're going to be an Olympic athlete. You know what I mean? It, it constrains you. Vision. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, write the vision down. Though it lingers, it will come. I wish, it, I wish the Bible didn't say that. Because what it suggests is, 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 it says this. When you've got a vision, you say, hallelujah, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. That's what I'm going to be, and that's where I'm going. 
Um, that's 8 o'clock in the morning. And then when you check at 9 o'clock, you think, man, nothing has changed with me. <laughs> Lord, you said I'm going to be an apostle. <laughs> it's 10 past 9 now. Uh, what's, what's going on? Yeah. But actually, there's a distance between the vision and where you are. You with me? And that distance can be quite discouraging sometimes. That's why the, the prophet was told, write the thing down. Wait for it. Write it down. Wait for it. And though it tarries, though it, waits, it seems as if it's not going to happen, it will It will come. Are you still okay? And this is what I call the, the challenge of vision, the problem of vision. If you didn't have a vision, you could just lounge around, drink some apple juice, <laughs> watch some TV, and it'd be all right. But as soon as you capture something in your heart, yeah. it begins to disturb you. It begins to make things difficult for you. Think, what am I going to do with that thing I saw? I remember... Um, when I lived in Swaziland, um, I, wasn't even, I wasn't even baptized in the spirit then. And uh, Swaziland changed me. I think I shared with you how I began to read the Bible. Um, but one of the things that, another thing that happened in Swaziland was I would be praying, and I used to love kneeling when I was praying. I'd be praying, Lord, that, 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 this, this. And then all of a sudden, I would have a vision. I would, have a, I would see myself on a podium speaking to thousands of people. And I was like, no, no, what's that? What's that? What are you doing, Lord? I'm, I'm praying. <laughs> it frightened me. It frightened me. But it also said to me, I have to do something different now. I have, to, I have to live differently now. So the, the, the vision is important. If you're going to live a life that's full of meaning and purpose, you've got to have a vision. This is, what I, this is where I want to go. That's what I want to hit. That's what I want to become. That's what I want to change. I want to help young people. I want to help young girls. I want to help um, over 60s. I want to help middle-aged men. I don't know. What, something. I want to change something. I want to grow enough food for everybody in the world. I don't know what your vision is, but you've got to have the vision. And once you have a vision, you write it down. So every day you visit it, you know, you talk to it, and it talks to you. You say, ah, you know what, I'm, I'm called to grow vegetables for everybody in the world. And then you have a, you have a time in between. <laughs> and nobody knows what that time is. I don't know if it's one week or, or two weeks or, you know. I wish the scripture didn't say that to the Lord. A thousand years is like one day. And one. I just wish he didn't say that. I just wish it was just like one day is one day to the Lord and to us. That's hallelujah. You know? It seems to work on a different time zone. And you're saying, Lord, I'm growing old. I used to have hair. Well, I still have some hair, but it's not exactly the same amount I used to have back then. What are you doing? When am I going to achieve that? And there's this gap in between. That gap must be managed by finding information 
and, and being determined, having determination. I'm going to finish, well, I'm not sure I'm going to finish soon, but I'll finish soon. <laughs> Let me start with information. So we said vision first, and this gap in between must be managed by information and determination. You with me? Ecclesiastes 10, if you're writing notes or something, Ecclesiastes 10. There's an interesting scripture there. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10, using a dow axe requires strength. So sharpen the blade, that's the value of wisdom, it helps you succeed. Can you see that? This is why, um, I don't know, maybe people think this is unfair, but, but um, people who do manual work, who work hard with their hands, they don't get paid a lot, generally speaking. Are, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is true. The people who sit down and think, and as my son discovered recently, um, they put a signature on a piece of paper and they're paying 400, 400 pounds just for that signature. He was very surprised at it. 400 pounds died for just a signature. So yeah, it represents a sharpened axe. Are you with me? It, it represents a sharp, an axe that's sharp. Information, knowledge, skill, understanding. They can look at something and make a decision because they know what's going on. I wish Christians would get some information. Christians are, are um, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> there are people that the prophetic word has come, you are going to do this. They don't read a book. They don't ask anybody because God said I'm going to do this. Well, that's not how it works. If you're going to be an apostle, read some books. Find out from people who are apostles. I think Tony says, um, one of the most contagious gifts is a prophetic gift. Hang around prophets. Get, get, get mentors, people to mentor you. Hello. Learn something. Ask people questions. Ask, find out, how do you do this? Even if it's a vision for you, there are other people who may be living the, yes. your dream, yes. who may have done what you want to do. And it doesn't cost a lot to ask, show me, how can I do this? Show me, how can I do this? How can I improve myself? I'm struggling with this. I don't understand how you can move from uh, where you were to this in such a short time. I mean, we are about 100 people in our church, you know them. Anybody who's got 150 people or 200 people in their church, I have something to learn from them. This is true. I have something to learn from them. How come you have 200? I only have 100 people. But, but sometimes with Christians, we're, we're a bit like, you know, because God has said this to me, nobody must tell me anything. Um, I'm studying, um, I, I'm studying, I'm doing a PhD, uh, 
I've just survived. No, no, I passed my probationary review, so it's not surviving. I, I passed it. But you learn to be humble there. Because somebody reads your paper and says, <laughs> this is very interesting. <laughs> Lord. He used the word interesting. And in, in England, I've learned interesting isn't interesting. <laughs> You've got to pray when somebody says that about your paper. But you, you, you sit down and they tell you that your methodology isn't strong. The way you are analyzing this scripture, you haven't thought about this, you haven't thought about this, you haven't thought about this, and you say, okay. My last review was with a, a lady who was, we were with in cl undergraduate class. Now, I took some time away from studying, and she's been studying, she's got a PhD, she's written a book, her, her, her dissertation has been published. <coughs> she's good. And she's my second supervisor. She was my classmate. Hello. This is, she was my classmate. It's not even he was, she was my classmate. <laughs> and then she says, um, Ezekiel, I think what you're saying is right, but I want to sit down with you. And so we, we sat down, we went for coffee and we sat down. And she read the first sentence and she drew some lines over my, my, you know, my work. And she said, you know, here you have described, you have used the whole paragraph to describe and one line to analyze. And then I thought, how can you see that? You know how long I've worked on this paper? <laughs> how can you just tear my paper apart like that? So from now on, you need to try and do 50% description, 50% or 25% analysis, and 25% construction. That means saying, what is it that you're going to do in view of what you've analyzed? <laughs> And I sat there. I used to be classmate with you. Why you get so smart? <laughs> Information. Are you with me? Yes. Learn. Ask. Find books. Even if you believe in God for a revival, believe me, there are books that you can read that will help you to understand how God can move again in revival in our time. There are books like that. There's information out there. Hosea 4 says, the problem, <laughs> no, it doesn't quite say this, but I'm going to paraphrase it, okay? <laughs> he says, the problem um, is not the world. The problem is not the flesh. And the problem is not the devil. Have you ever heard of those three? Yeah. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Yeah. Big problems for Christians. Hosea doesn't say that. Hosea says, my people perish because of what? Can you just talk with me a little bit? Just say, I know it's, it might be getting a little bit late, but can you just talk with me? They perish because of what? Of knowledge. Information. Because even the devil, once you read about him, the Bible says something about him. Even the flesh, the Bible says something about the flesh. Even the world, the Bible says something about the world. And that is the information you need to be able to come out victorious in all those three. Are you with me? Information. Ignorance, on the other hand, brings frustration. Information is fuel for your vision. 
Ignorance brings frustration. Um, I haven't asked permission for this, but I'm going to share with you. But there was somebody um, in a galaxy far, far away who wanted to learn to play guitar. But um, for some reason, they bought uh, How to Play Harmonica, <laughs> the book, How to Play Harmonica. And, um, and they spent a year. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me. But I spent a year trying to learn to play guitar from a book that's supposed to teach you harmonica. That's the power of information or the frustration of ignorance. You with me? When you don't know what needs to be done, you just can't do it. You just can't do it. So the first thing we need to know what we want to do Yes? And then we need to know what is it that we need to be able to do what we want to do. What are the resources that are required for us to do what we want to do? How do we get from where we are to where we're going? This coming week, myself and Mahongo traveled to Zambia. Hallelujah. Sunlight, no. Family, no. But we, ha we, we have had to look for the information. And some flights, I don't understand this, from here to Zambia, 50 hours, five zero hours from here to Zambia. <laughs> I don't know where you're flying. I mean, I don't know <laughs> where you're going with this. You know, but 50 hours flight, from, well, it's several connections. And of course, if you don't have information, <laughs> You will go the scenic route, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> you will travel the scenic route. You'll see all the beauty things in the world before you arrive. You need to have information to where you're going. And the last thing I want to say um, is that um, you need determination. Determination. Can you just say determination with me? Say it like you're really determined. Determination. Okay, let's raise that one more time. Just a little bit louder than that. Go. Determination. Wow, that feels very determined. Um, I, was, I haven't watched the Olympics this last time because I had a paper to write. <laughs> you know? uh, so I didn't quite get a chance to watch everything. But I've seen some snippets. And one of the ones I saw was of this guy called Hussein Bolt. I was a bit disturbed by one of, the, one of the pictures I saw of him. I mean, he's dashing 100 meters in the Olympics, and at the finish, he's smiling. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I said, this can't be right. Look at the other guys, how hard they're working. And he's, <laughs> what's that? And then I also saw another video of him when he's preparing. And then you understand, ah, the reason why he smiles there is because he's been crying for four years. You with me? He's been sweating it out for four years. And one of the most, I mean, all of us here, all of us here can run as fast as Usain Bolt. If we live like him, 
if we pra- if are you with me? If we prepared like him, I'm sure. We'll, we'll, we'll do, we'll. <laughs> you don't believe me, <laughs> and I don't blame you. <laughs> so this good time. Once you decide, this is the information I need to be able to go there. My guarantee is this: it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to wake up early in the morning. I was sharing some some. Um, uh, with Sam this, this, uh, Simon this afternoon, I, in, in this paper that I was writing sometimes, you know, you sit down in the library and you type and type and type and type and then look at the time, it's five hours and you've got one paragraph yeah. of six lines. <laughs> and when you read it, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> You're in trouble, you know that. <laughs> Lord, what, what's going on? I used to be able to turn out essays like that, get an A, you know, just like that. Now I'm sitting there and I think, oh man, I've gone blunt. <laughs> but then you wake up the next day, you sit down, and then you look at the five lines and think, oh, they were not as bad as I thought. Actually, it's the issue is that they've got three ideas in them, which are supposed to be three paragraphs. <laughs> so you separate them. And the following day you go back, and you really want to go and watch EastEnders. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> you, know, you know, you really want to do something else, but, but you need to sit with the books and read. And sometimes I have to read the same line three times, just to, just to understand what these guys are saying. It's hard work. I wish the Bible didn't say work hard. I wish grace meant that relax. But Paul said that he works hard with the grace of God. No, Paul, don't say that. Just let the grace of God work for for us. But it's not like that. And therefore, you're going to have to face challenge. You have to determine, I'm not going to swerve to the left. I'm not going to go to the right. You know, Paul says in Philippians 3, this is where I'm going. We, say, we sang today, fix your eyes. Yeah. Fix your eyes. This is what God has called me to, and I'm going to pursue it no matter yeah. what. Yeah. I wake up every morning. I don't feel like speaking in tongues, but I start anyway. Amen. I got into work. I don't feel like telling anybody about Christ, but I do it anyway. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I go out. I find somebody in need. I don't feel like helping them, but I do it anyway. You with me? Yes. Um, feelings have been exaggerated in their importance in our days. Yeah. And sometimes we even judge meetings, the success of a meeting, by whether we felt the presence of the Lord. Yeah. Rather than what we actually got out of it. That's going to change our lives. The good thing with this is that um, uh, just like we were not surprised when we arrived here with Mahongo, and next week when we get on the flight, we'll have to be determined, make sure we're reading what time is, which gate is it, and we jump in the right flight. Yes? When we arrive in Zambia, we won't be thinking, wow, how did that happen? 
That's my mom. That's your mom. How did this happen? And similarly, success is not an accident. You're not supposed to be surprised that you're successful. Are you okay? You're not supposed to think, how did I get, how did this happen to me? No, actually, the way it happened is by understanding we all have a leadership mandate from the law. In whatever area God has called you, the thing is to find out what that is, get information about that thing, and be determined with what God has given you. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We meet every Sunday at 10.30am in Stony Stanton and 4pm in Tamworth and Market Harbour. Feel free to come and visit us. We'd love to meet you. Thank you.